0: Everybody, welcome to our podcast. how everyone? Welcome back
1: to Fools in a Walk, and we are starting season two.
0: And today we had a really awesome guest on. Her name is Janice Cho. She has the same surname as me. I actually never asked if she has any, you know, Taiwanese blood in her. Yeah, it was lovely. I think we had such a great chat with her. It was so natural. It felt like we were talking to an old friend. I actually yeah. didn't want to say goodbye
1: to her and the episode was about respectful parenting and if you're not sure what that is please stay tuned um, we go through a lot of misguided beliefs we go through the characteristics of soft parenting is experiences it was informative it was interesting it was relatable I'm really proud of this episode so not only you you're learning but we're learning also
0: and you know what i learned so much doing this interview with her and i Uh felt so understood uh she has an amazing instagram where she posts reels and that you can relate to her and that's why i really enjoy following her on instagram and now that we have on the podcast it's something really amazing
1: yeah and if you are someone that is feeling defeated especially living abroad in a foreign country where culturally things might not be as acceptable as they are in the western world it's so good to have some an instagram page to go to and go oh this is normal okay oh this is happening to me also this is how i can solve this problem she is a parental style coach And she has online coaching classes. She does a 30-minute free consultation. We go over the details in the podcast. It's a great one, guys. So sit back, enjoy, and we're really proud to present our episode with Janice Chow.
2: I'm Janice Chow, a certified positive discipline parent facilitator and the founder of Parenting Style, an evidence-based online resource for parents to learn more about respectful parenting. I offer one-on-one parent coaching and host virtual and in-person workshops to help parents feel more confident using positive discipline parenting tools. I'm also the mom of two, a four-year-old and a two-year-old.
1: That's so close in
2: age as well, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that is a handful. That is a handful. My friend's the same. She's got a four-year-old and a two-year-old yes a yeah. friend in england and i know how difficult that is so for anyone that doesn't know let's delve a bit into what respectful parenting is because we have met before and we had a little discussion about it and i know there's a lot of like misguided beliefs on the difference between respectful parenting and soft parenting yeah and I had a little look at what soft parenting was and I got the I I tried to find some definitions but I found from like slang.net that soft parenting is a term for the parenting technique that involves more focus on the child's feelings and fewer rules or guidelines it is a controversial parenting choice where critics think it babies the children while others believe that it fosters more trust and emotional growth in kids and i have to be honest when i first heard cheryl um talk about your instagram and she shared some of your reels i was like oh is this soft parenting
2: i think soft parenting or gentle parenting is often confused with permissive parenting Because the words soft or gentle imply that the parents are lenient or indulgent, and with permissive parenting, yes, there tends to be a lot more freedom with minimal guidance or discipline, sometimes to a fault. But that's not what gentle parenting is. Gentle parenting, just like you said, offers warmth, empathy, and understanding but with very clear and consistent boundaries. So because of this, as a personal preference, I've gravitated toward using the term respectful parenting over gentle parenting, because at the heart of the approach is that we're fostering mutual respect between us and our children. As the founder of Resources for Inf- Infant Educators or RIE Institute, Magda Gerber taught, we're seeing our children through new eyes. We're recognizing and respecting them as unique individuals with their own personalities, point of view and perspectives.
1: Um, I would, that was going to be my next question, actually, yeah. is soft parenting and permissive parenting um, or respectful parent. Are they all the same thing? They've all got to be on a, uh, w- is it fair to say, on like a similar level then are there are there characteristics from from each that are kind of used all throughout
2: i would say that gentle soft and respectful parenting are at the core very very similar if not the same permissive parenting however is okay. not because it lacks that that very crucial element of having boundaries and clear guidelines and limits
1: yeah okay what would you say to people that roll their eyes to respectful parenting
2: it's more than I don't really want to try and like convince people or like bring them around to this approach um in mm-hmm. everyone's parenting style has to be authentic yeah. themselves so respectful parenting looks a little different from family to family parent to parent mm-hmm. rather I really want to show people how effective these tools and therefore this approach can be I think it helps people to understand a little bit more what respectful parenting looks sounds and feels like to help them to, to kind of introduce this al- potentially alternate parenting style.
0: Okay. Yeah. I was just listening and I feel guilty because I'm trying to do respectful parenting with my little one, but sometimes I feel that I'm a little bit of an old fashioned parenting style because i tend to get frustrated really easily so do you have any tips for moms when they are getting frustrated with their little ones to try still have the respect there for your child when you're upset yeah i think uh a very common question i get is like how do
2: i stay calm 24 7 or like i don't have the patience to you know do do respectful parenting and the expectation is never that you're going to be calm twenty four seven. Our brains are not hardwired for you to remain calm all the time, and you can work on it. But everyone's eventually going to hit that that breaking point where you do like lash out. It, it, it's it's inevitable. Yeah. So one parenting tool that I think we neglect within the positive discipline like framework is that we don't really give ourselves the grace of just taking a time like a positive time out in the moment just just whoa whoa, whoa. like pump the brakes for a moment i'm getting really frustrated i'm gonna go to the bathroom and take a few deep breaths mm-hmm. i think that particularly my experience has been you know you, you have to you have to immediately correct the behavior you have to jump right in and address any kind of unwanted behavior in the moment otherwise your kid is going to forget and move on and then, you know, your your moment of the learning opportunity has, co- has come and gone. So it's really this like you got to react right away was the mentality that I had going into the, my parenting journey. And really what I learned is that taking a time, taking even just 10 seconds to take 10 deep breaths can help you, you know, calm down recover a little bit and come back to the situation with a calm and collected mind because I th- I think we just really don't consider that that time is so much more important than reacting quickly
1: mm-hmm. I and- think that's something that we should all do not just with children people will say I'll oh, count to 10 and I'm like 10 I need to count to 100 like, <laughs> I need to take that time to you know calm down but One thing I was wondering um, with um, Respectful parents, you you have a mother who is fully on board and agrees or a father, but their spouse or their partner doesn't, isn't cooperating with them. Is it something that you need both parents to be on board with? If they have different styles.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I do encounter a couple of people who say like, oh, you know, I really am trying to do X, Y, and Z within respectful parenting and, and my partner or my co-parent doesn't, you know, doesn't do the same. And I think again, rather than trying to like talk and persuade and convince, it's it's more of, let me demonstrate how the tool works. Maybe this will leave a positive impression on you. You'll see how effective it can be and you'll want to adopt it yourself. Or it can just be let's have a conversation away from any kind of um, you know heated situation. So mm-hmm. right after you know you handle a tantrum, let's just say it's not really the best time to then turn to your partner and say you know this is what I did so right and this is what you're doing wrong. And say it's like when you're um, unwinding at the end of the night, say hey, I really want us to you know, get on the same page about X, Y, and Z and have an open, you know, non-judgmental, respectful conversation around it rather than saying, uh, rather than feeling like um, you're coming in and accusing the person of not doing this right. um, I think it can immediately put someone on the defensive. People take very personally when it feels like their parenting style is being criticized. Mm. And I don't think it's a fair situation to put your partner in. So that's why I would encourage parents to parents and co-parents to have those conversations like while driving is always a really good approach because you're both like facing forward and it feels less like uh like a like a confrontation uh just always agree I
1: have my best conversations with my husband in the car when we're Mm -hmm. driving always 100% agree with that that also can can transpire over to your friends as well right Mm. so if you're in a situation in your friends and you're dealing with it one way which is say the respectful parenting way and then you have someone that's maybe a bit more um like a helicopter parent and kind of like not allowing their child to do anything for themselves and they see you doing things for like it can also cause conflicts between friendship groups right I'm sure because mm-hmm. I've seen that I'm not a parent right now but I've I hang around with parents and I see I see it. I work as a teacher as well so it must be hard to try and be sensitive towards that
2: yeah I and that varies person to person right yeah. like mm-hmm. I think I think the more confident you become in your parenting style the the more those things don't really impact or change or sway how you're going to conduct yourself in the moment. Right. Um, And so when you like one thing that always comes up when we're at the playground is like forced sharing, for example, my kids have never met a ball that they don't love. They always Mm -hmm. have to run up and touch it. And even if the kid, even if another child has it, it's, you know, they'll try and take it because they're two years old and the parent will be like, oh, you know, so their child, you need to share, you need to share. And sharing at generally the age of two is a constant social skill that is way beyond their abilities. Yeah, yeah. So it can be a little bit like, oh, it's it, okay. He doesn't need to share the ball. I understand. And just kind of like move your kid away a little bit because the situation is like, oh, I don't want anyone to get upset. And yeah. if it's going to be it's not fair for my kid to come up and just like take a ball why should their needs or wants override this other child it just Mm. you know trying to maintain that balance and just feeling like it's okay if my kid's a little upset yeah
1: yeah I've experienced that a lot as a teacher a lot as a teacher and in in Taiwan the kids will some kids start school at around two so um sometimes in the classroom it's really I've I've worked in kindergartens and I've had a lot of snatching and pulling and fighting and I really think that it's really good for theory of mind for them to you know sort it out between themselves kind of figure out the situations use use play as a way to like figure out because I've noticed two-year-olds who have like tried to take a ball off someone and then sometimes you have that submissive two-year-old that doesn't really care and then goes and picks up another toy and then the it, it, almost this like clog starts turning in the two-year-old's head that took the ball and they're like oh and then they go over and then they want to see what that two-year-old's doing with the toys and it's just so interesting to watch them learn themselves and not interfere and say hey 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 we don't do that you should you should share with her you know um so i yeah i definitely agree it's good to like sometimes watch and let that play out but if the other parents you don't want to upset or be in a situation like you said like don't want the other parents to be
2: upset with how you yeah approach it Maybe this is like more of a personal stance. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to be the reason why, you know, you get frustrated with your child because you get frustrated when they don't when they don't share, right? And it's like, like, come on, you're such a sweet kid. Just share your ball. It's not a big deal. Like, we can all play together. And the kid's like, no, I will not share. I just know that this is beyond their abilities. I'm asking too much of either child right now. Let's Mm. lower these expectations a little bit and just, you know, we can go play on the swings. It's not a problem.
1: Yeah. But what would you say to the moms and dads that say, Oh, I don't have the time to put in to respectful parenting. I don't have the time to spend on that.
2: I would say that it's like, I understand. And in the moment, this is a lot of time spent talking about feelings, you know, sitting with our child who's upset. It feels like a long time in the moment. We can't rely on short-term solutions to lead to long-term behavioral change. So yes, yes, this is a lot of work right now, but we are, our goal, our aim, our intent is to set our child up with the life skills that they need to, you know, handle disappointment with grace, emotionally regulate when they're frustrated and do things for themselves. So While we may be putting the work, it might be front-loaded to the toddler years, this is hopefully setting our child up a lifetime of success, happiness, independence, and healthy relationships. Mm. So I would say let's focus on the long game rather than feeling like we're bogged down in the short term.
1: And it's really interesting because I see it all the time, all the time, and not just with um, parents, but with teachers also. Um, I'll have a lot of t- say, oh, cause we have observations where they'll come and observe our classes and they'll say, oh, your, your students are so well behaved. And they'll tell me about some issues they have. We teach elementary and they'll say, oh, wh- why, how do you get them? They always do their homework. They always bring their books. They always, and we have to follow that as part of our job. And I just say to them, like, because I put in, in the first month of getting a new class, I make those boundaries clear and I put in a lot of hard work and I have to be so pedantic and I have to be really on it and it's really draining and it's really tiring. But after a month of doing that, I don't have to do it again for the whole year. And those kids are just set up and they just... The respect goes both ways. Like, we have great classes. I really miss my students right now because I'm on maternity leave. But they really respect me. I really respect them. Our classes are fun. They're enjoyable. They know when to be serious. They know when they can have fun. And it just... It still surprises me to this day when I I hear the teachers are, oh, no, I haven't got time to do that or I don't want to miss my 10 minute break. And it's like, yeah, I missed my 10 minute break for a month, but now I never miss my 10 minute break and I have no issues with my students. So, yeah, I think it it crosses over also into like teaching. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We see it all the time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do you th- do you believe that respectful parenting is a style of parenting that matches a variety of different personalities whether it's like your child or other parents or do you think it's suited to a certain type
2: I when I was first introduced to respectful parenting I was like this is not for me because mm-hmm. I you know don't project a lot of patience I'm not really this like a uh, I, I, you know, I, I listened to so many podcasts and audiobooks and I listened to, to all of these other resources and I was like, this does not this isn't my voice. It's not, you know, I, I just, it, the hat didn't quite feel right. But as I learned more about it, I realized that like, that's their version of respectful parenting. You, you don't need to sound like that. You don't need to, you know, conduct yourself in the exact same manner. Respectful parenting is more about this mindset where I'm going to listen to my child. I'm going to dial into them and connect with them. And that looks so different. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that even if you feel like, oh, respectful, gentle, soft parenting isn't for me because I'm not, you know, I'm not patient enough or um, I don't have like a particular tone of voice that when I talk to my kids, that's not, I I think that's like a misconception, right? We can adapt this to suit our authentic selves. And I think that's why it's really important to not just be familiar with the tools, um, but really understand more of the approach and what's at the heart of it.
1: Yeah. yeah. I want to quickly talk about some of the characteristics of respectful parenting, Um, (laughs) and correct me if I'm wrong, I made a a short list and um, it was active listening, empathy, clear boundaries and consequences and positive reinforcement is
0: that correct yeah can there ever be negative reinforcement or not that's what I want to know as well mm-hmm. Ooh, Um, like negative reinforcement like, like... Uh, the naughty corner or
2: mm-hmm. timeout mm-hmm. corner
0: because I know those are negative things Because when I see Mm -hmm. positive reinforcement, I know giving compliments and telling them how great they are doing. I've heard people that they say they don't punish their child and they do a lot of respectful parenting styles. So I want to know, is it okay to give punishment to my child? Am I damaging my child by doing that as well? So within
2: positive discipline, which is kind of like Respectful parenting is the outer circle and then inside it, I'd say is positive discipline. So respectful parenting is the overall approach. Positive discipline are more of the practical or strategic actionable strategies uh, just to be redundant. But okay. I would say within positive discipline as an extension of respectful parenting, the focus is not on punishments rather using logical consequences or natural consequences for your child's decisions and behaviors. So um, a natural consequence is what happens if an adult does nothing at all. Your kid refuses to wear a coat when they go outside, they are gonna be cold. Your kid refuses to eat their dinner, they're gonna be hungry until it's breakfast time. And we need to allow our child to experience these low stakes natural consequences for them to realize that their actions, choices and behaviors have impact or yeah consequences Yeah yeah so that's that's one type of disciplinary tool the other is logical consequences. So that is not a punishment but it's if you continue to do X, I'm going to do Y and those types of logical consequences are communicated in advance to your child. So it's I'm going to use the example of throwing food. Um, If you have a young toddler, my young toddler's in this really big habit of throwing food off of the table. So it's not me in the moment snatching his plate away and saying, okay, well, if you're going to throw your food, I'm taking this away. Or you can't do that anymore. Stop doing that. Rather, it's before we have her meal, we're having conversations and he's 22 months old. Mm So it's like, honey, if you keep throwing your food, I'm going to assume you're done and clear your plate. And then as soon as he throws food, I'm taking his plate. I'm going to, I assume you're done. I'm taking your plate now. I'm going to clear your plate from the table. So that's a logical consequence. It's, there are particular criteria around like how we enforce those logical consequences, because it's really easy for it to kind of slip into more of a punishment territory. Yeah. I was just thinking that. Yeah. I would say like the biggest criteria to focus on is like, is it related to the behavior? Mm. So, the logical consequence of you throwing food is not then you don't get screen time later or you have to go sit and time out. Rather, it related to the, the action of throwing your food. So that means I'm going to have to clear your plate because I can't have you throwing food all over the kitchen. Mm. And also, Cheryl, to your question about can timeouts be positive? Yes. I think once a child is around like three or four years old, you can have a conversation not about you need to go sit and time out to think about what you did. Rather, here is a safe space for you to calm down because some children do want privacy when they need to express their emotions, when they feel mad or sad, they need a little bit of space. They don't always want to be comforted by their parent whom maybe they're arguing with, or they just had a fight with. So creating with your child, a safe space for them to calm down in positive discipline, it's called a positive timeout. Mm. In a lot of classrooms in the United States, it's being referred to as the calm down corner. Yes. But the intent is that your child is not being sent to the calm down corner. They are allowed, invited to go to their calm down corner. You ask your yes. child, would it help you to go sit and calm down? We're never forcing our child to go, you know, reflect because really what's going to happen is. You send your kid to their room, you send them to timeout. They're more likely just to kind of stew and
0: get like more and more mad and oh resentful God. and bitter. Yeah. So I changed now to, I don't know if you've noticed, Kat, when she gets frustrated, I'm with, would you like to go to your room and calm down and, and yes, see the night. relax yeah. a little bit? because but the rage just built her rage yeah. just oh. got more and more and more yeah and she, and she just she, started screaming and just in the spot she My did child take did. herself off though
1: after yeah. a while she was like okay and she took herself away and she went into the living room and she sat down on her own and then she even went on the trampoline and just started bouncing a little bit
0: and just like calmed herself down i'm trying you know? more to be like Cat got to see this to just ignore it after I've told her you I think you should go calm down and then she carries on and I don't want to react because the more I react the more she gets into a state and it just ends up her crying and then it's a full tantrum then she goes into a mm-hmm. full tantrum um but yeah thank you for answering yeah. that because I see all these amazing things of um, active listening and empathy and I hear a lot when people say oh we don't punish because it will have a negative outcome and I feel guilty when I hear that because I always used to if I lost my temper I'd be like no more screen time I'm taking it away because you have done this or you know so I'm trying a little bit to break away from that slowly it's it's okay, happening yeah.
1: And Kira is really good at because um, uh, she knows with Auntie Cat, like I tell her, I'm honest with her. And um, she. <laughs> the other day she, I was in the car and she was kicking the back of the car and then Cheryl was like, stop that. And then she kicked it a bit more and I was like, I don't like it when you kick my chair. It doesn't make me feel good. Can you stop it? And then she stopped. And then there was another time when me and Cheryl were talking and she kept interrupting and then she was like, I don't want to talk to you. I want to talk to mummy. And I was like, that's fine, but can you just say excuse me so we know that you want to talk to us? And she was just like, fine. And then we were talking, and then later she was like, excuse me. And then we both stopped, and we were like, yes. Because I wanted her to know that I will stop if you're polite. You know, you, I've told you what the boundary is there. Now you've said, excuse me, I'm going to stop, and I'm going to listen to you. And then she knew that. And then anytime mm-hmm. she wanted to talk to us, she just said, oh, excuse me. And we both just stopped, and we're like, yes? You know, I, I really, really like that um, you mentioned earlier that it's not punishment. It's logical. And to, it just makes so much sense for them to understand the consequence of their actions for that one thing and not take away something else like screen time or uh, play time for something that they did in a different area. Because maybe they can't <clears throat> comprehend that. They don't understand that.
2: Do you know that,
0: yeah, is there an age when they start to understand, like, what age is that? I don't know what age that is. Understand that they're actually, like, the cause and effect of their behavior. Uh, Yes, but, or, like, you know, sometimes when I was young, I used to be grounded. If I back-talked in one week three times, my mom would be like, your weekend has been taken away. And I understood why, because I did this so many times this week. But with, with what age do we learn this? cause and effect i i think that children start to learn cause and effect
2: very early on at more of like a physical level so i mm. drop the ball the ball falls down mm. you know like um we see it in a lot of the like sensory and open play toys but i think when they start to see that i have an impact on my world i still think that happens pretty early on as they mm. start to engage their play objects i can touch things i can move things and then that just kind of becomes more and more complex as we start introducing more of the social skills as well. So, okay, my, I can physically engage my environment. I can also emotionally engage my environment or impact it. And I mm. think that would probably start quite, quite young. I would imagine around okay. like 12 but, months.
1: But maybe okay. um, it's different for different children, depending on how their parents parent them. Yeah. You know,
2: yeah, that's
1: true. That's true. Yeah. So you said that you had a two-year-old and a four-year-old. You're never the same parent to your two kids, right? So
0: mm-hmm. you
2: mm-hmm.
1: learned a lot from your four-year-old that you applied to your two-year-old.
0: Yeah,
2: absolutely. I, so really my whole interest in respectful parenting and positive discipline really started when my first son was 18 months old and it was like a switch flipped. And suddenly I was like, oh, so I need to like parent you now. Mm-hmm. And just like Cheryl, I had heard timeouts and rewards are bad, or you're not supposed to do that. And I was like, okay, but what do I do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. How do I, do I teach my son right from wrong if I'm not putting him in timeout or punishing him? How do I how do I discipline him? Mm-hmm. So as I learned more and grew more confident, you know, I do think that my four-year-old and I have a really great relationship and there is a lot of respect there. I think that as a parent, I was probably really tightly wound those first two years with him. And with my second, I do feel like he's getting a much more confident, calm, understanding and patient mom. Not to say that my four-year-old is like, oh, sorry about those first two years. Mm -hmm. Rather, it's, you know, I think some of the some of the long-term behavior we're working towards. It's just kind of, uh, let me say that a little bit differently. I do think that my four-year-old had a lot of one-on-one attention, which was really lovely. You know, built a really strong foundation for our relationship. And my second, I do feel like we're a really strong family unit. I think I'm better at giving him space when he needs space. I I guess just confident as a parent. I don't feel as nervous. And I think a lot of parents of two kids and plus feel the same way that like the when you're a first-time parent you're you're very anxious about are they hitting their milestones is this fever too high like should we go to the pediatrician and just everything feels everything is so new and scary yeah and very daunting
1: yeah like you buy things that you don't even need right like I'm going through and I'm watching so many YouTube videos of mums who are like, don't buy this, you don't need this, this is a new mum thing, you can do this, you can do that. So now I've just got to the point where I'm like, I'm just going to buy as I go. I think I've got enough and I'm just going to see what I need because it yeah. is
0: scary. I was telling Kat the time when I um gave birth, I got a lot of advice like, you must feed at this time and not at that time and when the baby sleeps you need to sleep or you have to have a really stressful routine that I told her I would spend my whole day worrying that she didn't take that one nap that my whole day would be ruined and I would cancel plans and I would I would just worry about oh and now I have to feed her and if she doesn't drink 130 mils of milk my whole morning is ruined
1: um yeah i'm the same i took a bath the other day and i never take a hot bath obviously it's always like a warm bath sometimes it's cold but i was like was that bath too hot oh my god was it too hot and i'm like freaking out or if i wake up and i'm lying on my back i'm like i'm on my back and then i turn over and then like i'm like oh can i feel him and then oh it's okay and then i go back to sleep so yeah it's, it's 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 quite scary And if anyone's interested, please go to, we'll we'll link your um, Instagram below because some of the videos you put up are great. Yes, I love them. Really informative and um, really
0: eye-catching and quick and easy to watch. Yeah, she's very easy to watch and you can find her on Instagram. That's all we have time for today. So thank you so much for tuning in and join us this Thursday at 8pm for part two. Bye. Bye!